Good morning. Such is the nature of God that all it asks and all it wants is the opportunity to appear, to manifest, to create. You are that opportunity, and so am I, and so it is. Whoever you are, whatever path brought you here today, please know that you are welcome and celebrated at CSL Midtown. We know who you are. You are an individual expression of God. You are a unique manifestation of the divine intelligence which we all live. We, you, are God's opportunity to create and be someone unique and wonderful. Whatever your ethnicity, background, religious affiliation, however you know yourself or describe yourself, we are glad that you are joining us here today. Whether you are here in Atlanta or joining us from another city, another country, or another state, you are invited to join us and become part of this community. This community has been created to serve you. The Center for Spiritual Living Midtown is a strong, globally connected, centered, uh, globally connected community centered on the clarity of principle. Through teaching, service, and practice, we create a safe, respectful environment that supports healthy growth. For better understanding of who we are and what we teach, listen to our Declaration of Principles as written by our founder, Ernest Holmes, and read by members of our congregation. I believe. I believe. I believe in one God. One absolute power and first cause to all things. I believe that this power is perfect love. And creates out of a desire to express love. I believe all thought is creative and how I choose to think creates my personal experience. I believe in the unity of all life. And the immortality of the individual soul. Forever unfolding. I believe. I believe. I believe in the eternal goodness. The eternal goodness of God. The eternal loving kindness. And the eternal givingness of God to all. And so it is. And so it is. And so it is. And so it is. You can find more um, of the declaration that was written by Ernest Holmes on our website at cslmidtown.org. Here at CSL Midtown and throughout the Centers for Spiritual Living community around the world, we have practitioners who have been trained and have demonstrated the ability to use spiritual practices for themselves and to guide others to bring positive change in, changes in their lives. They are trained and licensed by the Centers for Spiritual Living out of Boulder, Colorado, and they are able to provide you with spiritual guidance and support in those areas which you're looking for assistance in any aspect of your life. You can find the names of practitioners on the CSL Midtown website. Please look there and look us up. We would be glad to serve you.
I am Lee Huffman, and I have the honor of serving as a president of the CSL Midtown Board of Trustees. And more importantly, I am a licensed practitioner of religious science. Today, I've been given the opportunity to serve you as your practitioner and to share some thoughts as well. I will be also giving a affirmative prayer that is called a spiritual mind treatment, which I will talk about more in just a moment. Our founder, Ernest Holmes, created a book called The Science of Mind Textbook. So my reading today includes quotes and a short reading from the textbook. I know that I will follow these readings um, with a spiritual mind treatment. Ernest Holmes said, I am guided by the same intelligence and inspired by the same imagination that scatters the moon across the waves and holds forces of nature in its grasp. What this tells me is that the same intelligence and imagination that created everything in the universe, everything that exists, is guiding my life. There is order here, although there are times when I cannot see it because of the chaos in my life. Still, it is here for me to tap into. Ernest Holmes also said, expectancy <laughs> speeds progress. Therefore, in a continual state of expectancy is where I live. No matter how much good you are expecting to, experiencing today, expect better, even more good tomorrow. Expect to meet new friends. Expect to meet new and wonderful experiences. Try this magic of expectancy and you will soon discover a dramatic side to your work, which gives full vent to constructive feelings. Are you experiencing, expecting good things to happen in your life? If so, you're experiencing a spiritual mind treatment. It's that simple. Are you expecting some bad things to happen in your life? I'm afraid you're experiencing a spiritual mind treatment as well. As we said, all thought is creative. And how we choose to think creates our personal experience. This is all because the universe, or God, sees our thoughts as our expressed desires. And the creator only knows one answer to our desires. That answer is yes. And so it is. I like uh, Reverend Raymond's breakdown of the universe, which he spoke of a few weeks ago when he was a guest speaker. Many of us use the term universe as another name for God. Reverend Ray said, universe can be broken down into two parts, uni meaning one and verse meaning the heart of a song. That is what God is, the universe. Everything is one and we are all the heart of the song. A final quote from Ernest Holmes. All the power of the universe is within you. Feel it, know it, and then act as if it were true. This tells me that the universe and the power of the universe is within each one of us. People ask, what is spiritual mind treatment? Spiritual mind treatment is simply a prayer. It is an affirmative prayer. A prayer that affirms what we desire 
and what we know God desires for us. Because God's answer to everything is, as I said earlier, yes, and so it is. Spiritual, spiritual mind treatment, or treatment as we call it, is a treatment of the mind of the person who is speaking it and hearing it and internalizing it within their mind and their heart. If you wish, a treatment spoken by someone else can be taken into your mind and made your own. But this only happens if you accept it through your thoughts. Because as we said a few minutes ago, all thought is creative. And how I choose to think creates my personal experience. The more energy, the more faith, the more emotion that we put into our thoughts, the more that desire has an impression on God and the stronger it is. So I'll speak this treatment in my own words for the treatment of my mind. And if you choose to accept any part of it as your own, you can internalize these words for yourself and it will become your treatment, your prayer to God, and God will respond, yes, and so it is. Together through treatment, we will agree and what we internalize, emotionalize, and think about will manifest because we know that God's response is yes, and so it is. So let's get into a posture of prayer. You may want to relax your body, open up your arms and legs, put yourself into a posture of receiving everything that the universe has to offer you. Let's take a deep breath and become present in the moment. As you hear this prayer, take any part of it that resonates with you as your own. Think on thoughts, and those thoughts will manifest for you. If it doesn't resonate with you, let it go. Know this with me, if you will. There is only one God, one creator, one source, one first cause to all things. There is only one universe. God is everywhere in everything because it created everything. Since God is the only thing, since God was the only thing in the beginning, it had to create out of something, so it had to create out of itself. God is in me. God is in all those within the sound of my voice. God is everything that happens in me, through me, around me, and to me because it all happens for me. Since God is love and since God is good, everything is love and good. Since God is sacred and everything is created out of God, everything is sacred. Today I know that my world is full of blessings. Today I am thankful for all that I have and all that I'm about to receive. Today, this moment, I can imagine even more I can imagine an amazing holiday season that gets better and better every hour of every single day. I can imagine a new year in 2024 where everything I desire is attracted to me because I am focused on the positive things that I desire. I know that wonderful things are coming to me even if I have not asked for them. I know this because God is a father and God is a mother. 
All that I desire, all that I believe, all that I can imagine in my beautiful future is coming to me because I trust in God to give it to me. Starting this very moment, I am blessed with good health, peace of mind, confidence, security, amazing relationships, abundance and prosperity, a healthy mind, wonderful ideas, and many, many blessings which are gifts from God. I see clear, this clearly in my mind's eye, and it is manifesting as I repeat these words in my mind and my heart daily. I know that nothing can get in the way of the blessings that I desire because being created out of God, I am an extension of God. So I will remove all negative thoughts that come into my mind. I will swat them away like flies when they come back to me. I will swat them again if they come again. They cannot get in the depths of my mind. They cannot be confused with what God has to offer me in my life because that is all good. Doing this ensures the good and positive thoughts grow in my mind and my life continues to get better and better because I am an important part of the universe. I know that all health, security, personal and financial abundance, clarity, support, and other gifts of the Spirit are mine. I do not even need to ask for these things because God knows my needs and has been preparing the way for these things to come into my life from the moment I was conceived. I rejoice in all of the blessings I have, as well as those I know that are coming to me. I am truly blessed and I am completely focused on the blessings, knowing that my focus will bring even more of them to me every day. I know that everything is unfolding as it should. I rejoice and receive all that is mine because I release these words into the universe and I know that my thoughts are creative and they will create through God, my personal experience. And together we say, and so it is. So uh, for those that don't know me, I'm Reverend James Peak. I'm coming to you from the foothills of the Rockies here in Colorado, where we had eight inches of snow on Friday and current temperature is about 10 degrees. A little different than uh, what's been going on in Georgia and other places throughout the country. So it's th I'm thrilled to be back here again this week to join you and, and be a part of your wonderful service. And my talk this morning is going to be on revealing wholeness. And you know, this idea of wholeness sometimes I think gets misconstrued and people may not be clear on you know, what is wholeness and how does it show up? And if we're not living a life uh, grounded in this idea of wholeness or this reality of wholeness, what can we do about that? And so I'd like to start by making sure that we're clear on a definition. And it's my definition because yeah, it's my talk, so I get to define it. But uh, I think there's three foundational pieces uh, to understanding wholeness. And one is, again, that there's one life. I mean, it's a, we hear it all the time in all the teaching and all the talks and services. It's really what you know, science of mind and other faith traditions are grounded in the idea that there's one. There's one life, there's one God, one spirit, whatever label we use to describe it is what it is. It's one. And as Leah alluded in uh, his uh, 
introduction to this prayer, uh, it creates out of itself, and yet it doesn't diminish itself. Somehow, it has the capacity to create all that is, all the seen, the unknown, the yet to be, out of itself, and yet without diminishing itself. For it seems to be this in, 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 uh, infinite, creative uh, resource for itself. And how it does that is really unfathomable to us in our human experience, or I imagine regardless of what the next great beyond may be, that we'll ever be able to, you know, in our personal, our localized expression or experience of life, in whatever form, that we'd be able to fathom the intelligence that the whole life has itself. So what this wholeness really is then, it's the essence that all life must be one, unified, intelligent whole. And of course, that includes each of us. So that's the good news. That's the fun stuff that we get to play with this morning. We're, we're going to be standing on this platform of wholeness and kind of jumping off. And the first jumping off point I'd like to get into right away. Uh, we're not going to dally around a little. We, if we are whole and complete and we're of this one life and we're of this amazing intelligence, why do we suffer? Why isn't every day kumbaya? Well, I think that there's three points I'd like to make about this or three ideas I have around why we suffer. And one is that we often believe a false narrative. Now, this is very common in the world. We see this everywhere. A lot of folks believing that they have very little power or control in their own lives, that life happens to them. You know, life is just a big circumstance. We pay taxes. We have all these challenges. Life basically is just yuck. So that's, you know, an example of a false narrative. But the ones I think that really pull us out of homeless are narratives such as there's me and there's you, that we're separate. Because anytime there's separation, that easily allows me to dehumanize you. If I'm really, truly living as homeless, understanding homeless, recognizing that we are both of this one life, of this homeless, it makes it very challenging then to dehumanize you, to push you away, or to think of us, ooh, us religious scientists, us CSLers, we know what's going on, and those other traditions, they don't have a clue. So any of that type of belief in separation really can take us down this path or down the, into <clears throat> a uh, rabbit's hole, if you will, of non-wholeness, of separation. There's also the, the narrative that the less than, not enough, I'm only human narrative, where now I'm thinking about my own experience or self, and I've created a narrative in my head that, oh, I'm not good enough, or I can't do this, or you know, life never works out for me. The belief that whatever happened in the past drives the future, which we know in this teaching, since the teaching is based on principle, we know principle has more power, more truth over anything that's happened in the past. That we are free to change our thoughts, change our actions, move into a different mindset, a different perspective of life. And thus, we are free to change this idea that we're not enough. And another one of my little pet peeves is this phrase or this idea that we're only humans. Like it's some excuse that, uh, you know, I can't live in integrity or, you know, 
I can't be kind to people. I mean, give me a break. I'm only human. Well, have we ever really stopped to think about what it means to be human, to have this human experience? I mean, I think it's amazing. So we have spirit incarnated into a form with this amazing tool known as a brain that's running this body with this ability for our thoughts to affect outcomes, to manifest things in our lives, to know the truth for others through the one mind. I mean, it seems to me that being human isn't just an I'm only human, but it's an amazing thing. So we can get rid of that narrative too. And another one that I find often, especially for those of us that are on the spiritual path or the spiritual journey, looking for that return to wholeness or return home, is we get very serious about it. I have to do this treatment the exact right way. I can never miss a night if I'm taking classes. This is my spiritual path. I'm very serious about it. And we lose the wonder and the innocence that we had when we were children. If we think about it, when we're young, six months, a year, if we can go back, we're just pure awareness. Not distinguishing between the external world, the internal world, not making judgments on things. Just a living, breathing expression of spirit. And there's an innocence and a wonder about that. But somehow, as we get older and become adults and become serious and now we're, you know, I'm responsible, we lose that. We lose that wonder, which I think is vital to live in the mystery of life. It's such a grand mystery. There is no way we have any idea of how all this is going on. We understand principle and we can understand truth, but how life does what it does is simply beyond our grasp. So there's a natural wonder, but somehow we seriousness is out of ourselves. So those are some examples of false narratives. And regardless of the false narrative, all it does is it's creating a mental block to truth. And we can get pretty mental in this teaching. Science of mind, a lot of times we prefer to say science of mind and spirit to remind us that, you know, there's spirit, there's love as part of this. But we can get a little heady and create these mental blocks that diminish our experience of truth or diminish our ability to be present to what is. We get so caught up in our head. And then now the second point I wanted to make about suffering or the idea about it is that this human experience is very rich. It's also very challenging. And just thinking about loving relationships. Someone would say at our core, we're love. And to be honest, I don't believe that. I believe we are simply love, not at our core, but throughout, since life itself is part of its essence, is this love. This unconditional love. It's for itself. Therefore, it's for each of us that we are love. But as humans, loving relationships bring us a lot of joy, a lot of highs, a lot of sorrow, a lot of grief, too. So this human experience, this idea of being human, as we move through it, if we're open to it, we're open to feelings, we're open to the emotions, it can be very rich, can be very challenging. And most of our relationships at some point are going to have a major shift or may end. Someone may pass on. We may be told that, no, 
you know, it, it's been fun, but I'd like to go in another direction. So that can be very challenging and that can lead to suffering if we've lost the perspective. Not that we deny the experience, not that we're pushing it away, but if we've lost the perspective, the understanding that we are homeless in action. Because there is a way to hold the truth and recognize that as we are open to feeling these feelings, these challenges that may come up. And the other thing about this is just in the human experience, sometimes people are idiots. They're idiots on a big scale. Whole nations looking to harm other nations. But sometimes they're just jerks out on the freeway. And they can pull us out of the remembrance of who and what we are. And so it can lead to some emotional or mental suffering. And the third piece about the suffering is we just like to argue with reality. We want life on our terms. You know, I want this, and this is when I want it. I don't like that. If that person would just change how they are, my life would be perfect. Well, guess what? Probably not going to happen. You can do treatments till the cows come home, as they say. But good luck trying to get somebody else to change their behavior and how they are in life, their unique expression of life, to satisfy you and your desires. So when we argue with reality, we're really setting ourselves up for some challenges and some suffering. But regardless of how messy life becomes, regardless of any of this, that doesn't change the truth. That the essence of wholeness is always there. Sometimes we'll hear the term back of all things. And it's not that it's hiding, but it's just that it's there. It's always there. The foundation is always there of wholeness. Even when we forget and we may slip into a weakened state where we don't feel any power, we don't feel strong. So how do we forget less often? Well, it's pretty simple, actually. Simple to understand may not be easy to do. And that's to build our wholeness muscles. We're going to get pumped up this morning. We're going to get strong with wholeness. And I recommend four exercises. Now, how many reps you do, how many sets you do, that's up to you. But the first exercise we're going to do is we're going to see wholeness in all and remember all is one. That all, everyone, everything... This technology we're using this morning to come together, to be in this unique space of cyberspace, spiritual cyberspace, it's all life, it's all God. So regardless of what we see in the world, regardless of the choices people are making, even if they're making choices because they've totally forgotten who and what they are, that are harming others, we can remember and recognize that it's all one, that the wholeness of life cannot be cut up, destroyed, taken apart. So another exercise we're gonna do is remember that this idea that all is one and all is whole includes the one in the mirror, or this morning, the one on the screen. Sometimes it's very easy to know that everybody else is love, that know that everybody else is God expressed and yet not know it for ourselves, not know it for the one in the mirror. 
So we've got to build our muscles by instead of running and hiding when things get challenging, remember and sense back into that wholeness. That oneness of life, that spiritual creativity and love that God is. Because we haven't forgotten it. We are it. We cannot not be it. And within our being, there's a remembrance. Spirit knows itself. And that can't be lost. And so as we avoid or move away from, make a choice not to run and hide and sense into this wholeness, it's more easy to reveal our heart, <clears throat> our love, and our light. And that helps to build that wholeness muscle. The third exercise we're going to do is just an exercise of trust. We're going to trust in the wisdom of life. Simple example is that there's, there's this wisdom or intelligence in life that knows how to take an acorn and turn it into a tree. Now, I couldn't do it. I don't imagine any of us here can do it. We can create soil or create the, the environment with the soil. We can plant, we can water, we can make sure it's getting enough light. But we have no clue how that acorn becomes a tree. Life knows. Life knows how to do that. One that I like to think about because it just blows my mind regularly is just this whole idea of a solar system. All these planets, the planets itself are amazing. The fact that they're balancing in the universe and they rotate and they move around. I mean, who comes up with that idea? How does that work? And there's a sun. Provides the heat and the light for life. Wild. It seems like there's some unfathomable intelligence going on. And we can't forget that it knows how to take a fertilized egg and turn it into a human. It knows how to take a fertilized egg and turn it into a human. Each of us. So that intelligence that knows how it did that, how it took that egg, fertilized egg, turned it into a human being. That intelligence is part of who you are. Where could it go, right? It was there and knew how to create a human and knew how to grow, grow a human, go from a toddler to a teen to an adult, very serious adult. Well, maybe, maybe not so much. But that intelligence must be there. And so just trusting in the wisdom of life Having the knowing faith that life will show up in a way that is supportive of itself helps to grow that wholeness muscle. And the fourth exercise we're going to do is recognize and remember that life is ever-changing, growing, evolving. Because when we want to hold on, we want, oh, things are so perfect right now. I don't want anything to change. Please, what do you mean they just canceled my favorite show? There's inflation, all the prices are going up. No, 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 we need to keep the prices where they are. And it can spiral into a million different things. But life is ever-changing, whether it's the manifest universe, 
whether it's the creativity that's going on behind that we have no idea. It's constantly changing. Change is the constant. So if, to the degree that we can allow, accept, to be okay, and know that, hey, life's going to change. In my case, I'm going to get more gray hair, whether I like it or not. I can pretend it's not there. I can color it up a little, but guess what? The truth is, it's going to continue to get more gray. But by accepting and understanding and knowing that life is going to constantly be changing, it allows me to more easily be present to what is and allow for the awakening back to this true nature of wholeness. Now, sometimes when we're exercising, you do a particular exercise in a couple different ways. So one of the ways that we can utilize this exercise of remembering that life is ever changing and evolving and to allow that to be is to get quiet and listen. But even though things are swirling and changing, there is a constant unchanging nature to spirit, nature to God also. And as we get quiet and listen, and that may seem like a paradox, but it's not. There's an intuitive understanding that's beyond thought that effectively speaks to us. And it allows us to do these extra sets we need to build our muscle and to ultimately live a deeper truth. So we've built up our muscles. We are buff now, baby. What do we do with it? What do we do with it now that we are strong with wholeness? Well, the nice thing is from this fullness, this strength, this strength of wholeness, we are so strong that we allow life to be what it is. There's no need to control it. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't preferences. It doesn't mean we don't treat. But we don't need to control outcomes. We don't need to control life. We can allow life to flow. We can allow for a deep acceptance of what is without judgment. That doesn't mean we sit idly by if we see something in the world that we'd like to move in a different way, and I'll get to that in a moment. But we can move into a deep allowance for life. And in that space, we can more easily determine what we're for. In other words, what's the call of our heart? If we slow down, maybe do one less latte a day, a little bit more meditation, maybe walk in the woods, we can start to more easily sense into the call of the heart. Where does our spiritual energy want to go? We can root in this idea that Dr. Holmes put forth of being for something and against nothing. Because there's power in being for something. That's the creative nature of life. That's the yes. And when we're against something, again, it takes more energy. We're putting up a barrier. I don't like that. It leads to suffering. It doesn't lead to positive change. And so this can be confusing sometimes. So I have a few examples for us this morning. So are you for functional families rather than against gang violence? We can be against violence 
and our against energy really isn't changing anything. It's pointing out that we're against it. But if we can be for positive change, bring our energy there, wherever we're called to do, whatever the work is we're called to do, we are then aligning with that creative nature of life. We're aligning with that power. We're not simply just pushing back against a demonstration in the physical realm. So would you rather be for humankind thriving and living in peace or against war? You sense the difference there? The sense the power in the four? Are we for awakening to our true nature? Rather than making an enemy of our ego? When we have this strong wholeness muscle, this strong understanding, we can more easily recognize and come from that four energy and make a difference rather than just being another one who is fighting against something, which doesn't lead to real change. Because there's more than go, there's more going on in the world than just the physical thing that's on display. There's always a spiritual element to it. There's always a deeper truth at play. The last thing that this muscle allows us to do is be real. At the end of the day, the lived experience of truth is rather easy. It's the stories that we tell ourselves. It's the lies we believe. It's the perceived less than that gets in the way. But if I just live my deeper truth, it's actually a rather easy and simple way to live. Grounded in spirit, being homeless, being love, if we allow it. So the invitation this week is rather than turning away and hiding Dive into your wholeness, your goodness, and allow the natural joy and innocence to come forth and lead the way. So I invite you to join me in prayer now. If you're comfortable closing your eyes, feel free to do so. What I'm present to is the joy of creativity, of power, and of love that this one life is. It must be so. There's no way to divide itself. It must be wholeness. It must be a unified presence, intelligence, love. There is no place that this thing called life, this thing called God is not. It's not simply in us. It is who and what we are. It doesn't simply move through. It expresses as. And so as there is this one life, it must be true that each and every one of us here this morning in cyberspace, those that will listen later, must be of this one life. That that unfathomable intelligence is who and what we are. That infinite capacity for love, compassion, generosity, kindness, creativity. Beauty must be 
an aspect of who and what we are. We cannot know beauty, recognize it if we aren't it. And so I claim this morning and know the truth that as each and every one of us allows for a deeper walk, a deeper expression of the truth that is looking to express in our experience, in our actions, in our relationships, in our finances, that as we allow a greater truth to come forth, we live that truth. We are a light and a beacon for those that may have forgotten, those that may be trapped in their own story of less than, of not enough. But there's an intuitive knowing as we walk this path that others sense the truth that they are. But there's an opportunity here today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, after year after year, to continue to show up as wholeness, as love. Not only for our own experience, which is grand, which is wonderful, which is full of awe and excitement and innocence, but also to support those who have seemingly forgotten who and what they are. For as we know there's only one, we know that there's a truth beyond a connection. That as we see wholeness, our thoughts can affect the outcome. And so moving into a place of thanksgiving, of gratitude, I simply give thanks for that spiritual law, that spiritual mechanism, if you will, of life that takes the impress of our thoughts and simply makes it so we get to be right. Whether that's thoughts of limitation or that's thoughts of infinite creativity. And so as we move now into this time of release, letting this treatment go, I know that there is nothing I have said, there's nothing we have thought or felt that has changed anything about God, for it is the unified whole, creativity, the love and the intelligence. But we have recognized and understand the truth, thereby opening the door to living that truth. And so I just declare it to be done. We let this treatment go by simply anchoring and saying together, and so it is. Namaste. Namaskar. Thank you, Reverend Peak. What an awesome talk this morning, bringing it, who we are as a spiritual being into this reality. And for those of us that share this every week, we know these are awesome talks. This is great spiritual food for us. And it gives us an opportunity to give back to the center to keep these talks coming to each of us every day. Well, every week. Um, so with that, I would like to put up our affirmation of prosperity and where you can donate. You can donate online at cslmidtown.org slash donate or click on the QR code and it'll take you right there. Now, our affirmation of prosperity. 
I live in a universe of abundance. As I freely and joyfully give, I join in the divine flow. And all that I share with life returns to me multiplied abundantly. And so it is. And now I'll turn it back to Lee for some announcements and close us out. Thank you, Reverend James. And um, thank you, Vance. Uh, thank you to the whole team that puts all this on um, and to the transition team that's doing such good work right now. Um, it is amazing what the center is doing. And I wanna thank all the people that are watching and um, that are here enjoying these talks and getting inspired by these talks knowing what the universe has for us. Um, there are some announcements uh, right now, or right after this talk, uh, Reverend James and Vance and some, several other people, uh, many of you will be on the Zoom link. And if you wanna get on the Zoom link, um, get into our website at cslmidtown.org, scroll down about half a page, and there's a Zoom, and you will wanna put in the code. So note the code before you click the link, um, and that code will take you directly to the service. Now that's only for the live service that's going on right now. Uh, we won't be there if you're watching this later on uh, YouTube or Facebook or something like that. But um, it's a good talk, a good chance to talk more uh, with the guest minister about this topic. So um, also coming up, um, the boost online is Tuesday from noon to 12 o'clock, uh, 12 noon to 1230. And uh, you get to it the same way. Uh, go on the website, go down to the Zoom link, click on it. There'll be a practitioner there. It's an open discussion in the middle of the week when we all need it. So it's a great time to get together. Every Sunday, there is a study group at 10 o'clock, again, on the Zoom link. And um, it's a great talk about um, uh, various books that we work through at different times. Uh, but you don't need to read the book to come in and uh, learn about it and listen and contribute. It's a great talk led by the practitioners. And then back here next week, um, we'll be online at 11 a.m. again. So um, good things happening at CSL Midtown. We continue to work with the transition team. We're taking a little bit more relaxed here in December. Um, but at December, I want to remind everybody, is a good time to give to your center. And we could definitely use the contributions. And uh, the ongoing support is uh, definitely appreciated. We're looking at uh, new things coming on next year uh, with more guest speakers. And then um, we're starting the process of looking for a full-time minister here at CSL Midtown. And so that's all going well. Um, today, we have a better understanding of what life is about. So um, I think we can have a closing affirmation that talks about that. And our closing affirmation will come up on the screen here. There we go. I leave this place now knowing something better than I knew before. I go forth into the world with a heart full of love and a mind full of good sense. I look at the world in a greater way, knowing that I have within me everything that I need to create the life that I desire. I give thanks for this understanding, and I am grateful for the spirit of life that lives through me. And so it is. Thank you all.